Ahem, episode 95 of Griff's Brain Dumps me, Griff. Obviously, energy is different. Energy, 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 energy. Hold two on the ones and twos. Hold tight, everyone. Hold tight on my podcast crew. On the ones and twos. Energy. It's Saturday afternoon. Well, 11.59. And yeah, so, you know, a bit more active. I'm in the house, feeling good. Nimble on my toes doing the podcast. Don't know why I'm telling you all of this. You don't need to know this. You don't care. How's your week been? Yeah? I'll just give you a few minutes to just talk about your week. Honestly, I'll, I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, well, what's been going on this week? Uh, in my week, in my life? Uh, not much. Not much has happened this week. Did I even gig? I did. I gigged on Wednesday. It's at Gene Booker's show. Uh, midweek lols. Um, there was only three people in the crowd. See, it's the ups and downs of comedy. This is the side of the art, the craft that we don't tell you about. It's not all theatres, you know? It's not all theatres. It's not all tours. It's not shows abroad all the time. Sometimes it is three people in a room. Actually, sorry, that's a lie. There was in total about nine people in the room. Juniors, the MC, me... Uh, the other comedian, Satonia Ogan, was there. Two people in the crowd, two people behind the bar, waiting, and one person who was a waiter. I think the kitchen they had a little hole in the wall as well, so they could they could see the the gig. <laughs> so we did that, we did that, and then um, again got in a cab, got up to Cafe One Thousand and One for comedy on. Uh, managed to catch. Kazim Jamal and Philo Huff. Tell you what, Philo's already beast. He's 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 like eight years in, but Kazim Jamal, he he's gonna be a fucking monster. He already is. He already is great, but he's he's gonna be a flipping monster, man. And um, and I like I like seeing people who are newer than me be flipping good, cause it just makes me go shit. Better step my game up, because it's easy. You always put, you're always comparing yourself to other people. I know it's art and it's subjective and it's all different, but no, just I always take the positives from that. If I see someone who's better than me, you know, and they're like they're deep in the game, I'm like, oh right, shit, okay, that's what I need to get to soon. I want to get to that level as soon as possible. And then someone who's behind me who's tearing it up, I'm like, shit. I definitely need to get to these levels soon because I can't have these these guys coming and overtaking me. But I ain't going to block them either. So, you know, that's what's happened in my week. That's about it. Went out for dinner with work, guys, on Thursday. And, um, you know, I haven't been really drinking much lately. Um, but, you know, when the drink's free... I drink freely. That's that's how you go, man. Free drinks, drink freely. And that's what I did. Uh, I, I was just knocking back beer after beer after beer and then sat down for the meal and it was just red wine, red wine, red wine. Um, but I could, feel, I could feel the room turning, you know. Not against me, I mean, I could feel the mood. You ever had that? You're just on a night out. Well, you're not on a night out. You, 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 we were out for a meal. We can feel that the gears are shifting. The gears are shifting. We all came in. We was just, you know, just pulled in first gear. Maybe second gear. Because, you know, oh, it's been a long week. Let's blow off some steam. We're second gear now. Then once you've had the food and you're still there an hour after the food and more bottles of wine just arriving at the table, but fewer people are there. It's like, all right, here it goes. It's now shifting up to third gear. You, you're hearing murmurs. Hearing murmurs that it's now going to another place. Yeah, we can go to this place after. And then it, that's when I was like, nah, 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 nah. I don't live in London anymore. I am leaving this now. Leaving this now, going. So, you know, got on to, uh, got a cab to Finsbury Park. Got a cab to Finsbury Park and stuff. And then um, I was feeling all right. I was feeling quite sober. I was feeling, I was feeling okay. Bit, bit, bit tipsy. Good, good mood. I was in a good mood. Um, and, you know, it was, I was on the platform. Ah, and this, this when I, I, I had a full sense of being sober and 
you know, in a good state because I've seen people in worse states. There was this one girl walking around, right? Uh, blouse just open. I mean, just fully open. She's wearing a coat, blouse is open, bra on display. Um, you know, and why here was a conflict I had, right? Because for me to notice, I had to be staring there on her, but I didn't want to come across as a creep, so I didn't want to point out that I had noticed. But then I was like, but I don't want her walking around unaware that her top's like fully open, and she was hammered. But you know, like the optics, the optics weren't good for me to be approaching a chick. You know, it's got all of her stuff out. It looks like I'm being lecherous. But do I, I was like, no, fuck this. Do I, I'm, my heart's in the right place. I'm, I'm trying to sort this person out, okay? So this, I'm trying to help her. So I so fine, do the right thing. That's what I thought, we'll do the right thing. So I found her, and I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? She was like, hi, just hi, just hammered. And it's like, you okay? And she's like, yeah. I was like, look, um, your top's kind of open. And she's like, oh. And kind of just waited there with her top open for a bit too long. And then she kind of just pulled her coat closed. Like, she didn't do up her top. She's pulled her coat closed. I was like, all right, you, you, you all right? Like, where are you trying to get to? Remember, we're at, we're at uh, Finsbury Park here. So where are you trying to get to? She's like, oh, South Ealing. I was like, you what? South Ealing. I was like, hi. Uh, yeah. Right, so if you don't know London, you listen to this from outside of London, we're in Finsbury Park. That's North London. That is near where Arsenal Football Club play. Okay? She wants to go to South Ealing. That is on the way to Heathrow. That's the other side of London. By car, it's taking you 40 minutes. By train, hour. Say about an hour to get there. I was like, you are in the wrong place. Uh, and that's when I thought, do I, I can't help you. This, my ex, my A-level expertise just took me to helping you do your top up. That's, that's where I could help you. Even then, I couldn't really help you do the top up. Just advise you, that's what you need to do. Provide you with the option. Maybe you could do your top up. But, you know, when you're trying to get to South Ealing and I'm already drunk, I'm like, nah, that's, I'm going to have to go above and beyond to get you there. And nah, I'm not trying to be seen walking around with a girl with her breasts out. That's, that's not what I'm trying to do. So I was like, ah, okay, well, you know what? Good luck. My train's here now. Got on my train. In hindsight, I realised South Ealing's quite easy for her to get to. So I think South Ealing's on the Piccadilly line. She could have just gone down to the underground and just got on the train the other way. She probably would have woke up in Heathrow, but who knows. But then, um, <laughs> yeah, I got on the train and I was like, cool. I'll wake up in Hatfield. It'll be good. I mean, I'll just, you know, just two stops. Stay awake for two stops, Darren. That's it. Um, I don't even remember closing my eyes. I open my eyes. I end up in Nebsworth. But, you know, so that, that's not Hatfield. That's beyond Hatfield. I managed to get off the train in a panic. I'm sorry for the noise in the background. That's the washing machine. Yeah, I got off the train in a panic. And then, uh, but look, I left early enough. Left early enough that I could uh, get on the train back to Hatfield walked home so it's all good got home midnight so it could have been super bad but it wasn't it it, it was all right but this weird thing though on the way to the restaurant um absolute madness got shouted at by a black cab driver shouted something because all right we were we were just outside and he drove past on oh that's what you get for trying to order uber and just and he just drove off and I was like hey he's like hold on we're just three guys stood outside why are you shouting at us about Uber like you're a cab why aren't you offering us a lift to where we want to go you know and you don't even know we're waiting for for an Uber you know I mean yes we were waiting for an Uber but that doesn't matter the point is you can't just be shouting stuff at people outside your car like why don't do black taxis have a, uh, an app that's all they need. That's all they need to compete with Uber. Just just have an app and then we'll know. And then we'll just find you. We're just an app generation. We don't know how to talk to people 
face to face. You know, we ain't developed those skills this generation. I mean, I, my generation can, but people a bit younger than me, no, no. You don't have to just go up to someone and ask them for something. It's like, no app. I guarantee you, if I spoke to my niece and I told her go into the shop, ask the shop assistant for that top, see if they got it in medium. She'd be like, uh, uh, uh. if I told her go online and find that top in medium, she would do it like that. Trust me, they don't want to talk to people face to face. So that's all black cabs need to do, is just create an app. Don't have to be imaginative, just black cab app. That's it. That's all you need to do. That's all, man. But yeah, it's weird from the shout-outs. But then, and also on the way there, there's this shop, but I need to Google it. But its slogan right across the front of the shop was called "All people with AIDS are innocent." Uh, what? I mean, I didn't think AIDS had anything to do with innocence or guilt. I didn't know that was. I thought it was outside the scope of law there, just just having AIDS. It's not illegal to have AIDS. So all people with AIDS are innocent. Um, although it's not illegal to have AIDS, uh, it's not legal. It's just it's something completely not nothing to do with, with law, you know? Like my height, I'm six foot. All people with six, all people who are six foot are innocent. It's like, what? What are you talking about? There's, there's nothing to do with, with that. I don't even know what the shop was. I don't know if it was a charity. Um, I was meant to Google it before I came on the pod, but I just remembered it. Now, all people with AIDS are innocent. All right, let's see. Um, what? Yeah, so uh, yeah, that's the exact same banner. But what? What is it? Like you got, oh god, one of these super arty things where there's no flipping source or creator. It's gonna be all circular references, isn't it? Um, activist group Grand Fury. I mean, I don't know it's just it's just not actually true, is it? All people with AIDS are innocent. Like, what about someone who's just a murderer and also has AIDS? Then. Yeah, it's the murder that makes them guilty, but their AIDS doesn't like admonish them of any guilt. And uh, what if you're someone who knows you have AIDS and you and you just infect people on purpose? See Charlie Sheen. Just like again, that sounds like all people with AIDS are innocent. You, you can't be making these big sweeping statements. I mean, I know I do it on stage, and sometimes I get paid to do that, but y- you're not allowed. You can't just. It's just a weird thing to have on the side of a shop. Like most people have the name of the shop, so you know what you're going in to buy. But um, I don't know. Was this unless it was a shop that was legal advice for people with AIDS? Then I don't, I don't know what this shop was. It was strange. But um, hey, what has been happening this week? Talk about guilt and stuff. Did you see the article uh, from the Irish Times of the 17-year-old girl who was? Um, right, let me use the right legal words here. So there was a man who was alleged to have raped a 17-year-old girl. And what was it? Yeah, so alleged to have raped her. And then what was presented in court as evidence was, um, was the underwear she was wearing to say... Does this underwear not say that she wants she wants sex? Let me let me read it properly because I'm gonna just butcher this. <laughs> right. Counsel for man acquitted of rape suggested jurors should reflect on underwear worn by the teen complainant or plaintiff. This is the Irish Examiner. Um, a this is from November the sixth this year. A 27 year old man was denied who denied raping a 17 17 year old in county court wept loudly as he was found not guilty by the jury at the central criminal court in cork uh, the jury of eight men and four women uh, took one and a half hours of deliberation to reach their unanimous verdict yesterday miss justice carmel stewart thanked the jury in a case dominated by issue 
of consent. The jury heard evidence that um, in the immediate aftermath of the disputed sexual incident at the centre of the case, the complainant said to the accused, you just raped me. And the defendant said, no, we just had sex. Okay, so obviously there's a clear chasm between what these two people thought happened here. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Not going to comment on that bit because I'm not there and I'm not in the jury, so I don't have to. You see that, people. That's what you have to do. Sometimes they have to express an opinion or something. Um, they both could felt like they were telling the truth. Um, after the accused man told his senior counsel, Miss Elizabeth O'Connell, what uh, that what happened was consensual, he was cross-examined by Tom Creed SC for the prosecution. Commenting on the night in question, the defendant said that they were kissing and he said they felt attracted to one another on the night. Mr Creed said, there is not one person who saw you kissing. The defendant named one man who allegedly did see them kissing, but this person did not give evidence in the trial. Mr Creed asked him to describe the sexual contact. The defendant said that they had gone up a lane and were laying down in a muddy area. He said that he could not get fully erect and did not think his penis went into her vagina. He said it was possible that it did, but he did not think so. So again, I, I'm not sure why. Um, so even that's a bit weird. If, if he says he doesn't think the penis went to her vagina, why would he then say, no, we just had sex? There you go. That's a weird discrepancy. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, I would have picked up on that. Anyway, Mr. Creed said, um, a witness saw you with your hand to her throat. The defendant said, that was not correct. He said the witness misread the situation. Okay. The defendant said that, and uh, the defendant denied uh, that and said she was not crying at any stage. Um, okay. Again, this is strange the complainant's evidence that he dragged her over 30 meters to the spot where the alleged rape occurred was put to him and he said didn't drag anyone anywhere he said she was kind of worried about her dress getting dirty in what he described as the moist mud he said that after a witness at the scene asked was everything all right in a sarcastic manner he replied what the fuck does it look like mind your own business uh, then she, the complainant, was getting funny. It was like she snapped out of a buzz. She said stop and I stopped. We were going to have sex. She said stop and I stopped, he testified. Right, so again, that little exchange of you just raped me. Uh, no, we just had sex. This guy's talking about saying that he didn't have sex. What? Why was this not picked up in the case? Anyway, this isn't what I'm reading this article about. I've just got caught into the details. But in her closing um, address, um, address to the jury, Miss Elizabeth O'Connell, SC, told jurors they should have regard for the underwear the complainant wore on the night. Here it is. Here's the thing. Does the evidence rule out the possibility that she was attracted to the defendant and was open to meeting someone and being with someone? You have to look at the way she was dressed. She was wearing a thong with a lace front. There, there it is. So, Miss O'Connell suggested the complainant was on the night open to the possibility of being with someone and that the person she became attracted to ended up being the defendant. Um, now, that is mad. That is absolutely mad. Now, rape cases, always sensitive. Get that. Uh, whether a rape happened or not, again, that's that's a matter of the prosecution and the defence to work out, the jurors to work out and stuff, and let the evidence of the case and maybe a bit of common sense of the narrative take charge. But to make the jury consider what underwear that the that the complainant was wearing that's fucking bizarre man that's absolutely bizarre like what what why does that matter she like it's such a weird detail like, like what if she was wearing like granny pants you're like well she clearly wasn't thinking she's gonna have sex 
But if a woman like grooms herself, I mean, like, is that going to be the next question? And what was her pubic hair like? Well, it's trimmed pretty low. It's quite invited. Invited? Invited for a rapist, you say? Ha! Ah, clearly she wanted sex. Is that what? No? That's weird. Because the flip side of that is, if you're saying that you can be dressed ready for sex, that means if a woman's not wearing that stuff, if she's wearing some granny pants, hasn't had the trim, hasn't trimmed the bush down, but she consensually has sex with you. And then, yeah, the next day she's like, oh my God, he's a pig. Look at the state of his face. Jesus. Bacardi really changes your perception of people. Oh, God. Hope Bacardi don't sue me. Maybe they listen to the podcast. If they do, give me some more listeners. But, yeah. Oh, God, I regret that. Shit. She goes to see her mates. Her mates like, oh my God. You had sex with that fucking warthog. You have a bloke. And she's like, uh, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, he did. His juice is still running down your leg. And he's like, oh, yeah, um, okay. I, I didn't want to have sex with him. She's so saying you was raped. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was wearing granny pants and didn't shave my pubic area. So, therefore, that must mean I didn't want sex, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. That makes perfect sense. I mean, it's just nonsense. How how is a woman's underwear being put into this equation? I just think that's just mad. That yeah. So if a woman wears underwear, she wore expensive, nice-looking underwear, then oh, there's no chance she she could be raped. It's impossible. How could she possibly be raped? She's wearing she's wearing flipping lace fronts, thong, French slippers. Oh, what a whore. I mean, this is weird. It's fucking weird. I can't believe it's actually in a courtroom. Like, I'm t- not that I think it's okay, but I can understand that kind of comment coming out in a pub for the lads. She goes, stress not fucking wants it. Again, completely disagree with the notion, but I can understand it coming out in that environment. We're in a flipping court of law. And I know you shouldn't judge it on uh, the gender of the prosecution, but for a female officer of the court an SC to say that in court a woman say you need to consider the underwear she's wearing I mean a lot of the time it's when it comes to all these isms in the world right like sexism and stuff men are arseholes but so many women uphold it as well same with racism yeah white people are so bad they're so racist but black people be there, Asian people be there going, oh, no, nah, but come on, you can't trust Asians, you can't trust blacks. They'll be saying all the wildest things as well. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts, man. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just shocked by it. I was, I was actually shocked, gobsmacked, that that could even possibly be um, a thing. So it led to protests um, up and down Ireland. I think literally most Irish people we're like, what the fuck is that? But what I didn't like about it is how the headline reported it. Um, in the articles that shared that article, it was like, man acquitted of rape because of the underwear the woman was wearing. It's like, no, nah, that isn't what happened. Like, you don't have to sensationalise the story. The story's bad enough as it is. Because when you sensationalise the story, right, you kind of then invalidate the story. Because people read and go, well, it weren't that, was it? So I'm not even going to bother read the rest. They don't have to add stuff to it. Can, can we, like I said last week, can we just go back to when the news was just information? Like you're not trying to make profit, you're not trying to get the most website clicks. So I saw another article this morning on Facebook, um, Albert Einstein was a raging racist. It's like, no, he, he made some generalizations about Asian people, or Chinese namely. Uh, it wasn't, didn't seem like he was raging. If he just said, oh, if there's like too many of them, well, that would be, that'd be weird. <laughs> All right, that's kind of racist. But I mean, he <laughs> wasn't raging. And it, but it wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it was just, it was strange to me. But we're just there. It was just, it's how, it's how we are, man. Nowadays, so we can't be bothered to read anything unless the headline is just flipping just get trying to piss you off 
you know? It's like the, um, like the Instagram thing with the girl pretending to be black. How can someone pretend to be black? Like, she never once... It wasn't a Rachel Dollars outfit where she, you know, claimed to be black. Same as um, the other dude I was talking about the other week. He didn't claim... I don't think he claimed to be black. Actually, no, I think he did write mixed on some forms. So, okay, that's different. But this chick has never claimed to be black. Everyone just went and assumed she was black, tagged her and stuff, put her onto pages where it's just black girls. You know, is she meant to monitor every picture that you robbed you don't get a notification if someone robs your picture so what she meant to do but yeah um, instagram model emma halberg has been accused of cultural appropriation like again that that word cultural appropriation is like that it's not black culture to flipping pose in front of a camera for instagram no she's not saying oh yeah no black person's ever done this before like black people didn't invent posing in front of camera she's not doing anything it's not God, it's not cultural appropriation, man. You know, cultural appropriation is, you know, it's when, like, if a white guy from Cornwall says, yeah, I've made my own music, here it is. And it's like, mate, that's full reggae. No, that's, this is this is Cornish folk music. No, I made it. Hmm, that's cultural appropriation. Because everyone's like, that's clearly, you've heard black people do that. You've taken it and you're trying to give no credit. That's those. That's the crux of cultural appropriation. Appropriating it. I'm gonna take it, use it, give you no credit, no payback, nothing. Okay, that's not cultural appropriation. What this woman's done for being tanned, and all of us in such a fucking hype to have a wank over girls through Instagram beige. They were just like, oh yeah, black, because you don't actually want to like actual black chicks, so you pick a girl who's you know. Like flipping diet black. They're like, yeah, that's the girl I like. Yeah, I like black chicks. You can't get on me about not liking black chicks. So you pick that girl to like. And now you're pissed off. Because it kind of proved the point that you didn't actually like black chicks. <laughs> I mean, that's not her fault. That goes out to self-loathing black people as well. The ladies, you know, want to do all the skin lightening thing. Want to go, yeah, see, look. I haven't been lightening my skin on. This is my natural complexion as well. And no, see, no, you're all liars. You're all liars and frauds. You know, if you really wanted to, you know, admire black chicks, then yeah, go go pick a chick who's who's super dark, with dreadlocks and natural hair and all that good stuff. No, everyone wants this Instagram beige girl. I'm not saying black people don't come in a range of colours and range of shades. They do. But like, why are you trying, you, it was you guys on Instagram who's trying to champion these Instagram beige girls as black girls or people of colour and why are they all the same colour? Why are they all the same Instagram beige? You know what I mean? It's mad. We all feed into it. But if you're a white girl who's dark, as I like to call, you know, off-white, so you're from the Mediterranean, you know, Latina, Arab, a mixed race, so half black, half white. And then light skin black. You all fit into that range of Instagram beige. That's that's all this chick did. She just fit into that Instagram beige. You notice that? Black people trying to get lighter, white people trying to get darker. All trying to get to that Kardashian kind of tone. All these chicks look the same now. No individuality, shiny face. Glossy lips, slightly curly hair, arse the size of a fucking planet, tits the size of an arse, and <laughs> it's just tiny waist, big hips, foot twist up like they've broken an ankle, trying to poke the bum out even further. Motivational quote about fuck all, staring into like into a pool in Dubai because some. Shakes throwing them over to shit on their chest. It's all, it's all kind of mad. No, it's these girls just no substance. And we're following. Whose fault is it actually? Why is this even news? We're all following this girl. She's some 19-year-old from Sweden who doesn't do anything. 
She actually doesn't do anything. I, I went onto her Instagram to have a look, and she just stands there looking pretty and putting makeup on her face. Like, why, why, do we, why, why are people interested in that? I mean, I, don't know, I can't tell people what to be interested in, but I just don't get, you know, what... Why the fuck are people outraged by this? It's like you it's like you wanted to follow something that was absolutely nothing, guilt-free. And then you're pissed off, you've been duped. Oh, God, I thought she stood for black women. No, no she's never made any comment about race. She's just been on your timeline looking pretty and you clicked it and liked it. Fucking dumb. Oh, well, that's, that's my rant. <laughs> Ah, uh, dear, they really faked it out, but uh, it's whatever. Um, I'll tell you what else I did uh, yesterday. I watched, um, people always ask, when's the last time you cried, Darren? People always ask that, because I think people think I'm cold and heartless. And I, I've got to try to remember that it was yesterday. Yesterday was the last time I cried. So that's, that's Friday the 16th of November. Last time I cried. I was watching uh, Darren Brown's thing, Sacrifice. Oh, mate, don't know why. It moves me. Don't know why it moved me. I cried like a G, like it wasn't was sobbing. Just, just some, some watery eyes, just beautiful moment. If you've watched uh, Darren Brown's Sacrifice, then uh, yeah. Um, how can I say what I watched that doesn't spoil it for anyone who thinks, oh shit, I'm going to go watch that to see why Darren's been a pussy and crying. Yes. It's that toxic masculinity. <laughs> but um, no, I just... Yeah, it was, at, it was near, near the end. It was, it was, it was near the end. That's it's what uh, moved me. And the, actually, there's one bit as well. So they did this exercise in the show where you, you stare into someone else's eyes. A complete stranger for four minutes, right? Most people in this world have never done that in their life. I've done that. I've actually, um, on a course I did, did it with three other people. Like, so I did one person, then did another, then they did it with another after, right? And I can tell you this. It is intense. It's so intense that I did it with, um, one of the times I did it with a girl. And I actually felt like I cheated on my then girlfriend. <laughs> that is how intense it is to stare in a stranger's eyes. It is like... This strange, raw feeling of just, raw. I'm just stood in front of another human being. That's it. I know it sounds weird if you've never done it. Trust me. I'm not sure if it would work with someone you know, but for a stranger, and you just start stripping back all this bullshit you have about, you know, the world, how you process the world. Like you got this person in front of you and you stop looking at them as, oh, they're Asian and... They're a man, and they're, they're probably in their late 50s. And, and and that all starts tearing away. You don't even know what their voice sounds like, anything like that. You're just staring at them. And it's just like suddenly just kind of... Something just ticks over as if to say, you know, why can't I... It sounds, this sounds really mad. It's honestly, he's there going, why can't I just love this person for them? Why can't I just love just everyone, just these other human beings? Like, because... You know deep down, doesn't matter what people's views are in the world, there's not that many people who are genuinely, you know, down to the core arseholes. As much as I like to be this kind of, you know, what's the word? Uh, what's the word you don't like humans? Misanthropic? I think that's the word. Yeah, I, sometimes I like to give off that vibe that I don't like humans and we're all shit. But we're not. We're actually not. We're... Most of us are good people. Most of us just care about our friends, our family. We just want to do the best that we can. You just want to have a good time, be kind, not hurt anyone. And that, that's kind of like the, our core. You know, that's our that's core kind of things that we want to do. You know, if we've got kids, you just want to take care of them. Um, and not at the expense of other people's kids. You just want to do what you can. But then when the world and society tells you, oh, immigration and oh, racism and, oh, and war and bombing, you've got all this kind of shit going in your head that you don't actually have the intelligence or the wherewithal to process that information. So you just have to just cram it down into something you can, into a soundbite of, ah, there's too many of them coming here. You're just repeating headlines that you've never really thought about. 
you know I can understand why some like, white guy from up the up north who's never really had to interact with anyone from another country factory he worked in his granddad his dad and he was going to work in it's now shut down they've shipped all that stuff out to China or something and then you've got like all these Eastern Europeans coming here picking strawberries and stuff they even interact with them and all they get is these headlines and news reports going you lost jobs immigrants come in taking your jobs you're like shit take my fucking job because all you care about is just getting stuff for your family and then you're, then you're being forced into picking a narrative of how the world runs and then someone like me sees a story like that and go yeah my parents are immigrants so um that's fucking bullshit and i can just he's just bat that shit away i'm pretty sure there's other headlines that i've followed just blindly not even realising I've done it. It's just added into my head and stuff. But I'm pretty sure that if they all sat down, just one guy, one guy, individual guy, away from all their mates, away from all the story, they sat down and said, oh, why did he come here? To pick strawberries. He goes, I don't want to pick fucking strawberries. It's got to, got to do a job, haven't I? Look after my kids. You know what I mean? Why don't you pick strawberries? Oh, because I don't want to. <laughs> It's fucking cold. And they need to keep my hands so I could look after my kids. <laughs> so they end up coming to the same conclusion that they just want to look after their family and stuff. And just now we've always got the same goals in life, really, haven't we? In the sense of different methods of achieving our goals, but we just want to do a job that's kind of fulfilling, find some kind of purpose in life. And just, yeah, you know, just try and do shit like that and just, just take care of who our people are I guess that's where it gets all messed up in the world isn't it so who do we class as our people do we do it on race do we do it on gender We're kind of forced to do it like that aren't we I mean like there's some people think about it it makes no sense like as a black person for example you know that's my team black people that's my team but then let's really take my life for example it's like is every black person my team probably not because there's going to be some black people that are just arseholes. My family, yeah, that's my team. And then, oh, my best mates. Like, oh, oh, my best mate, I've known since I was four years old. White guy. So society tells me, well, certain, depends which story I'm telling in my head. At times they're telling me, right. It's, when push comes to shove, I've got to pick someone who's black over him. If an incident happens, because that's my team. Yeah, Let, imagine something happens. No, just let me a fight. You just had a fight. No racism's been done. Just a fight. Him and the black guy outside the pub it gets on the news, assault, and then I've got to be the one who goes on blood. And yeah, the black guy alleges racism. He thinks the fight happened because of racism, and then I've got to be the black guy. I've got to decide now. I'm going to be the black guy who defends the white dude. Who's been alleged to have racially assaulted someone? <laughs> or do I just go, hey, fuck 26 years of friendship, I've got to back this guy? It's like, uh, you see what I mean? It's mad. Because the stories, the stories, the teams you have to pick because the stories we're following. Whereas deep down, I'm like, I'm backing my mate. <laughs> That's it. I, I know what he is, I know what he's like, and that, that doesn't sound right. And then I'd have to take the public backlash. People people don't even know the details of the story. Be like, ah, oh, look at this. Look at this coconut. Look at this Uncle Tom. But we all do it. We all do it. I did it with bloody... Uh, what's his name? Ashley Cole. You know, with the whole uh, Anton Ferland, John Terry thing. Yeah, we ripped into Ashley Cole. But then, at the end of the day, Ashley Cole might really know John Terry. Like, as in really know him as a person. And I go, yeah, he probably did call the guy a black cunt, but JT's actually well all right. Like, I mean, when he's not trying to bang your wife, he's like, he's he's proper solid. Yeah, we've all got mates like that, haven't we? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to defend flipping racist at all and by the way for the record my mate's not racist he hasn't assaulted anyone I'm not trying to butter you up before that news comes out uh, although I don't think he has 
But um, no, but it's just it's just weird to be just told to like fall in these categories and fall down these kind of party lines. What happens with politics as well? Why has never why has it never been a day in Parliament? I was watching um, Prime Minister's questions the other day, right? Why has it never been a day in Parliament where one party goes, I think we should do this, and the other party goes, Yeah, good idea actually. It's never that. You know what I mean? Why the fuck is it not agreed that there should be provisions to, you know, stop children from fucking starving? Why, why is that an argument? I mean, what the fuck is that? Why, how is that an argument? NHS, you know, oh, you know, oh, we, we need to have healthcare for, for everyone. So, you know, no one's ill, we need to put money into that. Nah, no, the other team said that and they're wearing a different, they, their team's a different colour to mine, we're red. They're blue, they're blue, we're red, they're yellow, we're green. No, disagree. What, what are you disagreeing with right now? We're trying to keep people alive and, you know, stop people from dying and, you know, stop kids from starving. No. Disagree. It's nuts. We think we need to attract more businesses to, to the country. Disagree. <laughs> Why? Why are you disagreeing? In, in an ideal world, right, what should happen is once he makes a good idea, the other team goes, yeah, we back that. Okay, and what about this then? Well, maybe we could tweak that a little bit. To what? Fair point. That makes a lot of sense. No, instead, I'm going to attack your character, attack your person. Have you watched Prime Minister's Questions? I watched it the other day. It's flipping hilarious, but it's appalling. Because you're watching it laughing, then you're like, <laughs> oh my God, these guys run this country. <laughs> Just... Someone gets up, so Mr. Corbyn, and he's like, "Oh, I asked the Prime Minister," and he's all you hear in the background, and like the what's his name, Burkrow, the Speaker. He's like, "Order, listen, this is Parliament, and we, this is the House of Commons, and we will not have people shouted down, okay." Now, continue, Mr. Corbyn. And then he says something, and he's like, Wee! his team will laugh. Wee! Then, then you know, Theresa May comes up, like, I, I say to the right, honourable gentleman, it's all just like, what is going on? This is nuts. Everyone's just shouting at each other. It's weird. Like, if this was, like, in a pub, it'd be like a public order offence. People are like, what's going on? Can you keep the noise down, guys? Guys behind the bar would kick you out, and it's a pub. It's, it is, oh, it's just weird. It's just weird, that's how this country's ran. But, um, but the point I was making is, uh, you know, a women's underwear, you can't, that's that's not indicate whether they, they want sex or not. Um, usually it's them going, I want to have sex with you. Um, or not saying no. I mean, I'm now on the team of you kind of need positive consent rather than absence of no consent. A girl not saying no isn't really as strong as a girl saying yes. So, you know, guys, if you're going to sleep with a girl, wait for her to say, put that cock in there. And that That's that's when you do it. She has to say it in that voice. No, she could be like this hot Latino girl that's like, oh, you're so hot and so sexy. From the moment I see you in the bar, I wanted to have sex with you. So come into my room, switch on some candles, rub oil on my back, on my breasts, and then put that cock in me. That's, it's only then when she says it in that voice is when you've got consent. I'm on that team. Get full consent. And then, yeah, and as humans, let's, um, let's just, I don't know, it'd be nice if we could just have a bit more humanity in it. Let's just be kind to each other and, and not be ourselves. But, um, but you can't be the only person in the world with that attitude, otherwise you will get mugged off differently. Fucking guy comes up to you at a bus, can I use your phone? Why? I need to call my mum. Oh, God, yeah, I've got a mum too. Is she worried where you are? Yeah. Oh, doing what? Yeah, you can use my phone. And he's like, prick! And he's just running off down the street with your phone. You'll just sit there going, ah. ah. He, he, I guess he'll come back. Humanity, right? He, he's kind like me. Let's see, so you can't be the only one who's, um, who's on the kindness tip. 
But um, right, how long have I done on this podcast? I reckon I have over talked massively. It's meant to be a short one. Where are we at? Where are we at with time? Oh no, oh no. Ah, forty-five minutes. I say no, no, because I thought um, the app I used to record this had crashed, and that means I would have been talking for no reason. Right, dear, dear Drew, we're gonna get into that because we didn't do it last week, and fifty-two weeks later, cost me for it. So let's go um here we go baby plans baffles me why does my cheating boyfriend insist on getting me pregnant because he's a control freak that's why gets you pregnant you're trapped he's in your life for 18 months 18 years and nine months 18 years and 40 weeks he's in your fucking life that's why he wants to trap you because then he's done you can't go anywhere and guess what he can continue cheating on you and you have to stay because you're locked in you know you don't get you pregnant he has to marry you then that's a bit long for him so that's that's what it is um watch i'm not sure if i'm ready to have a baby but my boyfriend says he wants one okay um it's kind of it, it, the baby grows in you darling so you kind of decide that one you know it's like me saying oh i want to put my i want to store my car in that garage it's like who's got the keys to the garage i have i got the keys to the garage can i put my car in the garage no but i really want to oh i feel pressure to, to let you keep your car in my garage it's like, no you don't just go no he's not and men are stupid. We don't even know how periods work, right? So you just, you know, you just take the pill. Just take the pill. Take, but he, he won't know you're taking the pill. Look, like, what are those? He's like, oh, these help me get pregnant. And he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> we don't know how fucking bodies work. You can even use the rhythm method. Just pick the ones where there's, uh, yeah, getting pregnant in those days in your cycle. Just tell them, oh, yeah, I'm really fertile now. I was like, yeah, all right, let's go. There you go. Just do that. You can tell him you're on your pre- on your period for like six weeks. And he's like, oh, that's a long period. Um, right, he is. So he's, he's cheated on me before, and I recently discovered he was doing it again. Um, we see each other every two months. What? Because we live in a different live in different countries. Oh man, he definitely wants to lock you down. I am 22. He's 24. I've I've confronted him over the cheat, and he chose me over her. He promised to stop, but I suspect it is still going on. Then he said a baby would bring us closer together and save our relationship. No, it will not. He says I can go and live with him and his family. I am confused. What if he is still seeing her and only wants to get me pregnant to make me think he loves me? That's exactly what he's doing. Listen, darling, don't let him put his car in your fucking garage. All right. Listen, you could do better than him. He's trash, all right? He's absolutely trash. I mean, every two months, that's fucking long. What's the point? Um, okay, life stage gap. I am a guy of 47 and my boyfriend, 21, puts his mates before me. Even as mum died. Tell you what, because your mum dying, boring. Alright, I've got to meet my mates down the pub. Come on. Oh, look, you're, listen, I feel like you're being insensitive because, alright, look, your mum died. <laughs> Boo-hoo, crying, okay. But my mates, uh, I mean, they organised this drink, like, this morning in the WhatsApp group. I'm 21, what... You want me to miss the drinks because your mum died. You're 47. Uh, your mum's like, what, 70? Of course she's going to die. Like, what, do you think she's going to live forever? Fucking hell. Do oh, you know what? Fine, I won't go to these drinks. I'll come with you to see your stupid dead mum. See, you're just in different stages of your life. Uh, hi, I'm Dr. Griffiths. And when you're in different stages of your life, sometimes these conflicts can occur. Uh, but let's read the details of the dilemma anyway um dear deirdre my boyfriend puts his mates and social life before me i'm 47 he's 21 um see that's that's weird that's weird because let's let's i'm i'm not going to be homophobic here i'm going to treat relationships all the same 47 year old man 21 year old girl uh weird 21 year old guy 47 year old woman uh weird 47 year old guy 21 year old guy Ugh, weird. It's like, get a dude who's your age, bruv. 
Not at least near your age. Jeez. Like, what, doesn't he? Yeah. That's mad. Anyway, we have been in a relationship for 60 months. We live 50 miles apart. All these long-distance relationships. Long. And have split before but got back together. My mum died three weeks ago. She brought me up alone and I am her only child. I never knew my dad, so I had to make the funeral arrangements. I texted my boyfriend to tell him. I expected him to drive over to support me, but it was a Friday evening and he texted back that he was going to a leaving do and would try to come afterwards. Ah. <laughs> he texted that he was coming over at midnight. Um, I had gone to bed and didn't wake to the text. So he stayed with his friends. Okay, well, that's just a miscommunication then. He's not going to travel 50 miles to see someone who's not even responded to a text. It's like, oh, I'm coming, by the way. All right. Next weekend, he said he was going to a party, but would see if he could get over the following weekend. Seems all right. Um, now he says he's going to a stag weekend, so he cannot see me then. Yeah, he's kind of passed now, you know? Like, your mum died three weeks ago, so you still, you still upset about that? No, um... <laughs> He has not been there for me and I think he does not value me enough. I'm not sure there is any chance for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's not that bothered. It's quite simple as that. Um, yeah, so that maybe you lot should just split up or just accept your boyfriend's 21. Um, that's it. Right. And he, yeah, he's, just, he's not bothered about dead mum drama alright oh dear another long distance one is this whole thing's themed on long distance long distance trouble my girlfriend never calls or texts me now as she's at a different university and long relationships are so hard you know what's so hard as well a flipping flatmate's cock <clears throat> bet she has no pictures of you in her, in her dorm at all in her room none she probably had one up before and flipping you know Henchman, let's call him. Uh, yeah, what's, what's a cool hench? Hedge guy's name. Just, just, you know, just Lee. Lee's a good name. Lee's. Yeah, she's in room, you know, A ten, and he's in room A nine. Knocks next door. So, oh hi. Is this you? You 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 staying in this room? Yeah. Oh, what course did I do? Marketing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm doing doing economics. Oh cool. Come in, just I'm, I'm Lee. Where are you from? She's like, oh, I'm from, from this place. All right, nice. Oh, who's these people on the walls? This your mum and dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my dad. Oh, who's that? It's, it's your little sister. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can't look alike. Why is this twat? Look at this skinny dweeb. Is this your brother or something? And yours like, oh my God, that's my man. But I can't admit it because he just boys him off. And look at his back. This guy is so hedge. And she, uh, no, he's a, he was my friend, he's my friend from school, he's really sweet, he'd probably come up and visit at some point. Oh, relationship's falling apart already, falling apart already. And they go out fresh this week and he's just there, just, you know, grinding on her, grinding. She's only ever slept with you, and you're a gentle lover, but that isn't what she needs. Oh, dear. He's there going, I'm going gym next morning. Do you want to come gym with me? She's like, um, no, I don't really go to the gym. He's like, well, I'm not really going to the gym. I'm just offering you a different kind of workout. Oh, zing. You know what I mean? She's just like, <laughs> all blushing and stuff. Jeez. He times walking out the shower. Just when she's walking into the kitchen. So, you know, he's just drying himself. Full frontal. Oi. She can see it just swinging. She's like, oh my God. And he ain't a gentle lover. She knows he ain't a gentle lover. She knows that's not what she wants. It's not what she needs. She needs her back blown out. She needs her vertebrae crushed. And she knows that Lee from room A9 is the guy to do it. And she's just there biting her lip, thinking about it. And then suddenly her fantasy's broken by some poxy phone call. And it's, oh, it's. Flipping Malcolm, call the fuck's sake, fucking boyfriend Malcolm. Hello, and you're just like, oh hi, babe. How, how's how, how's your uni going? She's like, oh yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm a bit hungover. What? Why are you hungover? Did you go out drinking? She's like, yes. Like, what have you been doing? 
do what I've just been sitting in my room, like all, all my all my housemates, they're really kind, they're really cool, but they like to go out drinking and you know, I I, I just don't want to go out drinking. I've just been kind of sitting indoors and playing playing on my computer, uh, you know, just thinking about you really, thinking, you know, oh, I haven't spoken to you in a couple of days and thinking maybe I should get a train ticket and come come and visit you. Um, do not don't 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 come visit. I'll I'll come I'll come visit you. I'll come visit you. Oh, okay, um you you said that two weeks ago. You still haven't you still haven't come yet? Yeah? She's just there, like, get off the phone. She's there, actually walking towards Lee's room now. And he's just there, got his noise counselling headphones on, just sitting on his seat, naked, just just drying out, air drying. Just swinging. He's just thrusting. Why is, why is he listening to music, sitting on the chair, thrusting? Just naked, eyes closed. So what is he listening to? He's just having such a good time. And now she's having a flashback of you. She's going, oh, I'm not sure if I could go down on you because, oh, I'm not sure if that's appropriate yet. Oh, I can't wait to marry you one day. <laughs> Giving you those gen- gentle strokes. Anyway, so uh, that, that's why you've got, you've got trouble. Um, there's a guy that she, I'm not sure she has smashed him yet, but she's definitely lining it up. She's definitely lining it up. Lee knows it will happen. He, he's, he's been getting girls since he was like 12. So, I mean, you could probably argue that he's got some kind of trauma there. But, um, yeah, the way society's built, it's, 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 it's helping him out in this situation. And um, <laughs> your, girl, your girl's life's about to change, and so is yours. Um, so I'm going to suggest you... you, uh, you Things that you're the dweeb in a relationship. I can tell. I can just tell by the message that you've sent in. I haven't even read it yet. You're the dweeb in a relationship. You can't finish her. She won't let that happen because her ego is way too big for you to finish her. She will need to break up with you. If you try to break up with her, then uh, she will go nuts. Fuck Lee. Keep fucking Lee. And then take you back. And make you catch her getting her back blown out by Lee. Trust me, it's what will happen. Let me actually read the dilemma. I went off on one. Let's go. My girlfriend never calls or texts now she's at a different uni. And a long display is so hard. I can see where I went off track. Oh. Even though my girlfriend and I are studying at different universities, we decided we wanted to make our relationship work. Oh, so naive. Um, <laughs> do what I say that, I actually know people who've gone to different unis and they're like they're married they've got kids now and stuff so it can work but that they are like one case one they've just built differently everyone else is never gonna work but recently she's become very cold towards me and never phones and texts i i know lee um we are both 18 and we're always close you say you're always close, you're 18. So, um, she told me her mum died of cancer three years ago and her then boyfriend's very unsupportive. Is this why she has withdrawn? See, I'm so happy I made up so much detail because that is all... No, mate, she's, she's getting pammed by someone else. That is all. She's preoccupied. It's really hard to text your boyfriend when your fingers... Are wrapped around Lee's penis. Right, so anyway, that is the end of the podcast. That's where I will conclude it. I'm 58 minutes. That is a long ass podcast. And um, I need to charge my phone and get the fuck out of here. So I've got to go shopping. Um, shopping, got to buy something secret. And um, yeah, you know, when you, like, you need to lie to your girlfriend because you're, you're buying something for them. But they catch you when you're not ready for the lie. Not ready to tell the lie. You're not nimble. You're not on your toes. So what are you doing today? And so like, shit, I can't sound lazy. Um, so, uh, let me let me think of chores that I can do because I know you're got, you've decided which ones I should do. So if I don't say the right ones, it looks like I'm you know being a lazy guy. And I don't care about the flat. So, so uh, I'm gonna clean up a bit. I'm gonna clean up. Uh, do some laundry as well. Uh, wash the bathroom. Clean the bathroom. She's like, okay, cool, cool. Then after that, I'm like, oh, going to go into central London, do some shopping. Going to shop. I'm going to shop and buy some stuff. She's like, right, okay, what are you buying? You never go shopping. I'm like, fuck. It's 
fucked it. Shit, I'm, I'm now I'm down the alleyway. Oh, I've got to see some stuff in, like in person rather than online. I'll probably just get it online after. I'm like what? What are you talking? Why are you acting like you'd always go shopping? You would never go shopping. So why are you asking me so many bloody questions? All right, you're gonna start having an argument because you're you're in a corner. You're actually trying to do something nice for them. Try to get them something for Christmas. You're like, why are you, why are you asking me all these questions? So ask me questions. Get out of my face. So yeah, but um, we didn't have an argument. I just said I've got shopping to do. <laughs> anyway, that is the end of the podcast. Uh, see you later. All right, bye.